All right, by no means am I a movie buff, but I know you saw the original Men in Black. And do you remember there was this device that one of the characters had where they would like aim it at the person right in their face. You'd click it, and all of a sudden their memory would be completely wiped out. Now, I think this is an instrument that would come in very handy with the football team right now because they're in the midst of a bye week. They're looking to hit that reset button. They're 1-5, and five, and they're trying to do what they can to make the most of the rest of this season. And with that, let's welcome you in to another installment of Locked on Bruins. You know me as Brian Fenley. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. Give me a follow there. I'm also a co-host for UCLA's Coaches Show, powered by Learfield IMG College, along with Wayne Cook, who was a former UCLA quarterback, and Nick Cope, who was another one of my co-hosts. You can feel free to email me whatever is on your mind, lockedonbruins at gmail.com. And then you can also hit that subscribe button. And by no means am I being desperate and asking for likes and follows and this and that when I say hit that subscribe button. The, the basis behind me saying this is I think this podcast is the metaphorical chicken soup, if you will, for the Bruin sports fans' psyche. Because what, what I'm not going to be on this show is if the team, the football team, continues to go in the wrong direction and they can't find wins. I, I, I want to be honest, but I don't want this to be a barf bag of just full throttle negativity. Like, at some point, we tune that out. It just becomes boring and disinteresting because... It's just the same old stuff over and over again. So I will try to find some optimistic points to, to spotlight as far as the football team is concerned. So as far as what you can expect on the show today, Chip Kelly addressed the media yesterday. I will regurgitate some of the, the key points that he made to reporters. Then I'm going to look at the Bruins and how different in terms of where they stand the offense and the defense one side of the ball is light years ahead of the other and I will bring about some facts and figures to illuminate the discrepancy between those two sides of the ball and then yesterday the basketball team had Pac-12 media day and so we're going to spend some time looking at what was said from our new head coach, Mick Cronin. So some of the big takeaways I had from watching Mick Cronin's press conference at Pac-12 Media Day, a press conference that probably lasted like 20 minutes or so, was that this guy upholds this refreshing sense of humor. And I don't even know if he's trying to be funny or not, but it just comes off that way. He talked about being transparent with his players, and I'm obviously abbreviating what happened because I want to spend more time talking about this later in the podcast, but I I will say that the personality that he exuded seemed to be exactly what this basketball team needs. The change they needed at coach, and this is exactly the kind of coach, the personality that 
was deemed to turn this program around. And I'll get more into that later on in the show. But I want to pivot back to football. And the guys were back at practice on Tuesday. You know, early in practice, they have the, the media viewing period where the media can walk onto the field on campus and jot down notes and, and observe what players are injured, what players are not taking part in all the drills and, and so forth. At that point, they're really not going through a lot of the drills. They save that until the media is away. But, you know, you see guys stretching out there and throwing the ball around. And, and one thing that, that was noted from the media reports was that Dorian Thompson Robinson was a full go at practice. And you just remember that over the weekend, this guy was inactive. He was out with a leg injury, but he was getting first string snaps at the quarterback spot. Again, this is just from the smidgen of media viewing period that is accessible to reporters. But from that sample size, it it seemed like there was nothing hampering Dorian Thompson-Robinson's leg, and there was no sign of a, a brace on his leg, and that he seemed to be full go. Now, I'm not a doctor, I'm, I'm, so I, I, I guess I'm speculating a little bit and taking the reports that I've read, but you know, this beckons the question, and we'll talk more about this in the coming days and, and leading up to the next game, but then how in the world do you address who's going to be your starter based on how comfortable and how fine of a job that Austin Burton did over the weekend? Now, one more thing about this this football team here. I I actually when I was walking to campus yesterday, I do, you know, the Bruin Insider show on Tuesdays with former UCLA quarterback Wayne Cook and then Nick Cook is also a co-host. I was walking into the Athletics Communications uh, building and, and Dorian Thompson Robinson walks right behind me and seemed to be walking perfectly fine and nothing was bothering him and again I'm not a doctor so I I don't I'm I guess I can't really extrapolate that much but he was walking around with one of those hoverboards you know that you've seen where you put two feet on them and then you try to balance and now I get it that's a pretty cool way to transport yourself around campus but if I'm a quarterback and I'm coming off a leg injury you know those kind of devices, I mean, I, as a coach, I would be kind of cringing. I, and I don't know what you would think, too, but if I'm seeing my prize starting quarterback from the beginning of the season, you know, when he came into this program and, and fans touted him as this messiah, he was this guy who was going to come in, save the program from mediocrity, and take the football team on his shoulders to new heights or a level of greatness that had rarely ever been achieved in the history of Bruin football. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, but that felt like the hype that was encircling Dorian Thompson-Robinson when he came to this program. And again, I'm not saying that he can't get there. So let me be straight with that. But by no means is it happening this year. I mean, we're one in five. I mean, we're just trying to get another win. I mean, it would be amazing if we could become bowl eligible, but let's start with just getting a win. And again, 
I'm not one to judge because if, if I'm on one of those hoverboards and I tried going on once and I nearly took my face out, I, I face planted and it, it was a, a clown show. Again, I don't have the athletic makeup and the balance and the coordination to, to ride those things like Dorian Thompson Robinson. So, again, I'm not one to judge. I just say for me, I personally have never been able to, to go on one of those because I'm afraid that, you know, I'll get injured. But enough about me. It's going to be on our next segment, a discussion circling around the Bruin offense and the Bruin defense. Which one is way ahead of the other? I will explain next. Appreciate you tuning in with us for the second segment as it rolls on here on Locked on Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. All right, so going to make you think here for a second. Go back into your memory, and do you remember the time when your teacher asked you in elementary school to find a partner, and you two are going to complete a project? And you seem to be the one that's doing all the work. The other person is weighing you down, and it ultimately affects the grade that both of you get, despite the fact that you felt like you did an A job, but no, the other person was dragging you down with them. This is a very parallel situation for the offense and the defense for UCLA football. The offense is climbing in the right direction. They're starting to find their way. The running game is coming alive for once. It's coming out of hibernation, if you will. The passing game, there's no turnovers in that last game. So they're taking care of the football better. But the defense is in a free fall. And they are not doing things on their end. I mean, to go down 21 nothing to Oregon State in the first six minutes... I don't care how long your quarterback has been at the helm. That is a pretty monster deficit to have to overcome right from the get-go. And while Austin Burton carried himself and gave his team a chance to win, the defense did him no favors. And all they needed to do was give him a stop or two. And the Bruins would have won this game. Because if you eradicate the first 21 points, the bedlam that happened that I feel like was a dream, to be honest with you. So much went wrong in such a short span of time that, that I feel like it didn't actually happen. But because it did, it put the offense in a position where it was impossible to carry the team. And so once again we were dragged down by the defense and we seep to another loss. Now, it's interesting because when you were evaluating the talent on this team heading into this year and you were sizing up the different position groups and where the strengths are. I have a hunch that you thought or at least some of you out there that the secondary was going to be one of the top performing position groups on this team. From Darnie Holmes to Jay Shaw 
to Elijah Gates and Stephen Blaylock, you know, a lot of those guys were showed that they were very capable last year. And you thought, well, maybe if we're looking at a graph, that it would just continue to trend upwards leading into this year. Well, that hasn't been the case at all. And when I asked Wayne Cook about the deficiencies on defense on the Bruin Insider show yesterday, he said, you know, what we're missing here is a Darius Pickett. And how much he's missed with this defense can't go understated. Against Oregon State, we piled up 250 rushing yards. We scored three touchdowns on the ground. We had no turnovers. Austin Burton threw for 236 yards, which was the second most passing yards in a game for a Bruin quarterback this year. So the offensive line had spurts where they did a pretty decent job in run blocking. Now, pass blocking, that's another issue, and that is not in in any way, shape, or form a strong suit. But then you look at the time of possession, and that's another good indicator that your offense is out there obviously more. And and the first two games of the season, UCLA had the football for about 22 minutes a game. Last weekend, the offense possessed the football for 35 minutes. And usually a good indicator of a win is that the victorious team has the advantage in time of possession. But that did not happen because the 21 points that happened so quickly in the first half based on mistake rippling to another mistake to another avalanche of a mistake and everything happened so fast so it it was kind of an aberration but usually time of possession an indicator on a winner and a loser so as I put the finishing touches on this segment it doesn't matter how good your offense is if your defense is not going to do their job and they're going to forget to play defense I don't care how good your offense is because the defense is going to shipwreck everything and they're going to bring everybody down. And so how this relates to your own life, if you have a boss that asks you to work on a project with a coworker, just make sure that coworker is up for the task and they're not going to lean on you to do everything. All right, coming up on the other side. Mick Cronin, UCLA's new men's basketball coach, showed off his personality and laid out his way of coaching and how he's getting that across to his players. He said all of this at Pac-12 Media Day, and we will unpack the basis of what he said. Could never state how much I appreciate all of you for tuning in to Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley, and the first two segments left us in a a mood that's melancholy right we're talking about the football team and their struggles and so I don't want to finish in in that way I want to finish in in an uplifting way so I'm going to shift the focus to basketball and if you can believe it or not their season starts in less than a month and yesterday Mick Cronin head coach and two of his players Prince Ali Alex Olesinski took part in Pac-12 media day 
And this was a chance for Mick Cronin to show off a side of himself during the press conference that, quite frankly, I did not know even existed. This really cool level of humor that that came through in a question like this. One of the first things he was asked at the press conference was, what do you think about being picked to finish eighth in the Pac-12? And he said, quote, yeah, you know, I'm more concerned with the traffic on the 405. May I say this? What is the point of preseason polls and watch lists and accolades when they serve absolutely no purpose? However, now that I think of it, there actually is a purpose. If UCLA, the players, now I know the coaches aren't taking stock in this preseason projection, if you will, but I think it's actually a good thing for the players to see where they're looked at. And I know that one of the cliches, biggest cliches in sports is, you know, we try to block out the outside noise and focus on us. Like, I don't care what sport, but you've heard that like so many different times. But I think in this case, if you can listen to what people are saying about you just right now and underselling how good you can be, I feel like that is a great sense of, of fuel and motivation because for many years recently it's felt that the basketball team has had a a more lofty expectation in the face of the media only to fall short. So now we're kind of reversing the trend here. Here's a chance where we're in the middle of the pack, we're not, think to, not thought of as very high, and we can overcome and surpass expectations. So I hope the players see it in that way. My final thought on Mick, my final thought on Mick Cronin here, and I will elaborate more on what he said at Pac-12 Media Day tomorrow on the podcast, along with what some of his players had to say as well. But this was something that was too important not to say on this episode. And that was, he felt over the course of the five months he has been in charge of this program, that his biggest thing he has had to get across to his players is to be able to learn how to move on, not hang their heads, and not get down on themselves. So not be caught up in a situation where you're doting on your mistakes and you're letting that impact the rest of your play. Second part of this is he stressed and emphasized the importance of relationship building with his players and getting a level of trust going, which takes time, right? You got to build that trust up. And that involves being honest, he said, being direct, being transparent. I think that that's how everybody should be. You know, there's no gimmicks, there's no surprises, there's Everybody, I just wish in an ideal world, personally, everybody was just straight up and transparent. So the world probably needs more Mick Cronins, and we'll hear more from him tomorrow. Thanks again for tuning in. One more thing, want to shout out to one of our sponsors in Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. We will see you tomorrow on the podcast. More talk about football and basketball coming up. But for now, for Locked on Bruins, I'm Brian Fenley.